Beginning transmission landing. Doom patrol. Death by verdict. File under team building exercises. この番組は、毎週漫画の読者のガッタラバンドは、スラッシュアマチュアニュースを使用と漫画とピアカクテルバーです。ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Although I have this like sort of thing where I don't eat raw fish from a state that doesn't have a border on the ocean. That's just a general rule. Um, I, I think it's rules to live by, to be honest with you. Well, Market Street flies it in daily. Yeah. They are a, a rare occurrence. And, like, and I've had like sushi there that's not bad, but like still it's sort of a general rule. I feel like it's you know safe bet. I did fresh oysters at Market Street just the other day. I'd rather enjoy like, okay, yeah, like, you're you're pay, you're eating expensive stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, you pay for it. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to go to like Wahoo's Fish Tacos in Payson. You know what I mean? Like, that's Maybe like you a bad. <laughs> well, you know, because I I can go to that and then go see the Rob Zombie. Uh... That's true. Yes. I'm telling you, it looks awesome, man. It really does. Uh, Todd knows because as soon as I saw it, I'm like, you have to go to this for me because I really would want to go, mm-hmm. and I can't. Um, anyway, so back to my story about this Jaws. <laughs> yeah. So. What they this? I'm, I'm going to try not to make the show the story sound pretentious, and it's just fucking going to. So that's what's going to happen. So what they would do is we would have a, a swim team party at the end of every year, and what the country club would do is they would take the scoreboard from the golf tournaments, they would put it by the side of the pool and cover it with sheets from the dining room, and then we would project films onto it, and we would watch shows. There's two things I learned from this. One is, and you would never know this, but chlorine in your eyes and 3D fucking hurts, like really bad. Because uh, we watched Creature from the Black Lagoon, the original one, but was originally a 3D print. How the hell did my cat just get into that cupboard? What the fuck? <laughs> because they're evil. I'll be back in one second. Yeah, hold on. Yep. Uh-huh. Hold, oh. Holding. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> I hope he leaves this in. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Future Brian, you're not listening right now, present Brian, but future Brian, leave this in. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. Uh, so. <laughs> no one say anything about what we said while he was gone. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sure I will have a surprise <laughs> when I edit this show. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm so fucking afraid. Um, anyway, continuing on with my random ass story. Yes. So uh, yeah. the other thing we would do is, is we we watch like Jaws like three, the really bad one that's in like the Sea World that has the tunnel underneath the actual ocean, the Jaws attacks. You know the one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But what I would do is me and my friends because we're evil little bastards. As soon as we heard the first don don, we'd go underwater and we figured by the time we started running out of breath, it's probably about when the Jaws was, the shark was attacking. So we'd swim around and we'd see people floating on inner tubes and we'd start grabbing people's legs, <laughs> the pulling them underwater. Scared the shit out of everybody. It was really fun. So that was uh, that was children's time. I'm so terrified as to what you guys fucking said. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. You'll find out. That's right. I'm sure I will find out. And now, dear listeners, you're going to find out who these fuckers are. Uh, all three of them romantically cuddling and having food without me. I'm very jealous. I'm the Oreo um, cream in this one. Who are you? Really making the cream. Mm. Yeah, I was waiting for that joke. <laughs> we're just, that, we're that just that all the cream, no cookie. Yeah, no cookie. It's true. Yeah, there's a really horrible racist joke you made there. <laughs> there really is, and I'm trying not to touch it. There's only the good parts of the Oreo, the the lard cream in the center. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Ooh. You're gonna that's go to hell that's when you die. I wasn't saying that in a racist way. No, I was just saying that. Oh, sure you weren't. No, but as we already discussed this, there are no black people in Utah except for Jay. Hi, Jay. Hi, Jay. Um, and Kalila. He's been talking about us on his podcast now. Like he felt that really? from the Black Force. <laughs> I'm sure he did. He's recording at the same time we are, at least according to his Facebook. Um, here, text him and say, "Hey, we talked about you. You talk about us." <laughs> Please don't. That would be terrible. I don't want to know what he'd say no, about no, us. No, um, no. Yeah. Anyway, we won't get into it. Um, Although it was very funny because last year at Utah, I designed um, West Side Story, not West Side Story, uh, Huck Finn. Mm-hmm. 
big river, I guess. And I was like, where are you guys going to get black people? Well, they brought a lot of them in from California. So, like, I now have all these new friends who are out in California because they brought them all in. And they all live nearby me. It's great, actually. My favorite thing with Jay is he looks at me and going, I recognize you from somewhere. I don't know where. Who are you again? <laughs> That's mostly geek show people, though. Yeah. Like, they kind of know you because you've hung out with me around them or, or with Adam around yeah. them. Like, I know you, but I don't know you. <laughs> I recognize you, but... Fuck if I know your name. You're, you're yeah, geek, so, geek show adjacent adjacent. Yes, I'm adjacent well, adjacent. Well, the funny thing too that happens is because Jess and I oftentimes will work on the same show, and I only ever mix front of house. And so, like, that's the only thing I do on that show. So, like, I will walk up to the booth, and, like, the dressing rooms are in the basement, and I don't do A2, so I don't hand them the microphone, so I don't see a lot of these performers. So we've gone to see them in shows outside of this show that we work on. It's so big. Um, <laughs> we've got to see other shows. And like we'll run into them after the show and be like, "Hey, it was great, whatever." And like, and Jess will be like, "Yeah, yeah." And this is my husband Brian. And like, oh, he's like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm an audio engineer." It's like, "Oh, really?" And I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, I mix musicals." They go, "Oh, really? Which ones do you mix?" I'm like, "I mix your show, like the one you're in when you're not in this show." And they're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm... And the thing is, because where the booth I sit in, it's a it's a two thousand seat theater, so it's like it's a big theater. Mm-hmm. It's so far away that I don't really know what a lot of these people actually look like. I recognize their voice based on what the name is. Like, I'll get the list of who's performing that day, and I'm like, and I know their name. But in my head, oftentimes, because it's so far away and I can't really directly see them, I replace their face with a somewhat celebrity that it looks like. There's a guy named Jordan who, in my mind, always looks like Alan Tudyk, but I know it's not actually him. And then I saw him backstage one day. Like, he looks like a big, muscular Alan Tudyk from, like, where I'm sitting. And then I ran him backstage. I'm like, that doesn't look quite as much like I thought it did, but that's okay. So, anyway. We are eight <laughs> minutes, and we're almost we're almost a full nine minutes in, and we have not gotten anything useful in this show. Hi, I'm Maya. Uh, I'm Tom. Hey, there we go. Introductions. Oh, okay, hi, there we go. Maya. Hello. That sounded like that sounded like one of the uh, the the Beatles BBC intro. <laughs> hi, I'm George. I'm Paul, and together we're the Beatles. Beatles. Uh, yeah. Okay, Maya, you start out. Say hey. Hey. And then introduce yourself. Hey, girl. Hey, uh, I'm Maya. Uh, You can catch me if you're in Salt Lake City at Dr. Volt's Comics every now and then, 2043 East, 3300 South. Uh, Come say hey. Also, you can catch me uh, on Twitter at Mr. Maya, and that's M I A H. And yeah. Or you can catch him like I do, which is with a very large butterfly net. Yeah, but only you're allowed to catch me in the butterfly net. That's That's one of our little games we play. It's true. I'm hunting wabbits. That's right. You're hunting faggots? What? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. No. I am. I will not even remotely say I'm going to correct that immediately. I have never said such word, and I will not say such word. Oddly enough, my my very Mormon mother like was very upset about me not ever saying that word. I, I, was, I was like, I'm not even touching it. No, no. Adam is now preventing me from touching anything of his now, ever. I haven't broken my own baton forever. <laughs> what happened to us? Oh my god. <laughs> Breathe. What happened? Just breathe. Uh, Who are you? What happened to you? What happened to you? What happened to you? Oh, oh Mark. Hey. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, I ordered that on um, on Amazon and it fucking isn't here on time. I'm really pissed. Anyway, I'm looking at Adam's copy right now. No, so honestly, we're yeah, you are in the room. And last <laughs> last week when everyone was over, well, in in podcast timeline three weeks ago. Uh, I had borrowed the Disaster Artist screener from a friend and actually ended up getting mine the next day, but you have to watch The Room before you see The Disaster Artist. Yeah, which is why I bought it, because I want to see yeah, it. So I, really I ended up just buying The Room because it's such a piece of shit. Like, it's something you just kind of have to own. 
And mm-hmm. like literally two days later, Brian's like, oh, I'm going to go get it too. And they were sold out. And yeah. there's scalpers on Amazon. I'm sorry, but you could get on DVD. There are scalpers on Amazon selling it for like 80 bucks a Blu-ray right now. Just wait for him to get it back in. I know, right? Wow. That's what was yeah. funny. Oh, that I have such a yeah. bad headache, and that made it worse. But oh, oh my god, that was worth it. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> hi, Mark. Oh hi, Todd. Oh, it's, it's back in stock now. Oh, hi. Ah. hi, I'm Todd. You can okay. find me on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Occasionally, I show up at the Lucky Thirteen trivia night. And hi, Shannon and Brian. Hi, Shannon and Brian. Hey, and girl. Today, I'm being the cream of the Oreo. <laughs> the all cream Oreo. The all cream Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> Gets everywhere. I'm glad we don't do notes like Geek Show. That would be a disaster. The All Cream Oreo would definitely be the name of an episode. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> you guys are over there. It ain't me. No, you know. You're the one putting your I'm fingers here. into it, Brian. I'm not putting my fingers into shit. I'm what are you talking to Brooks? Yeah. Brooks is like the Oreo aficionado. He so. is. Oh, yeah. is he really? oh, that's right, because he tries all the different well, ones. I have right? them too. I just can't eat them. No, there's one Oreo that it's the uh, Swedish fish cream. Nasty as shit. Oh, it's oh, so gross. I tried cool. it. It's awful. It's so bad. Well, it's so like bad. An and, and by the way, the mystery flavor was Fruity Pebbles. I was right. Oh, oh was it? Yeah. Hey, so nice. Gross. Well done. I didn't well really done. shit for it, though, so. Oh, so gross. Do you know? Okay, I, this yes. is a useless fact for you. Do you know the um, you know the Dum Dum wrappers that have, like, the, the question yeah. mark on it? You know what I mean? Do you know what that actually I do. is? I oh, do. you do? Okay. Does yes. Does Adam or Maya know what that is? Yes. You do? Am I not telling you a useless fact that you didn't know? I'm really. Well, I'm, see, I'm that's why I need to go in jeopardy okay, because but... I know so much useless shit. I would win millions of dollars. Uh-huh. Yeah. All okay, right. so anyway, Jimmy. for those of you at home who want to be in Jeopardy, and, and people correct me if I'm wrong, what that is is that's the end of the run of one flavor and the beginning of another, and so rather than cleaning out the vat entirely and starting a new one, they just do a run, and that's yes. the transition yep. run. And so they they put them in as question marks because it could be partially you know watermelon and it could be partially whatever, and it's just a combination of whatever. So anyway, that's why it's a question mark, because they're not completely certain what flavor it is. It could be some more of the last one or some more of the new one, and they run it for that way a little while, and then this they start the whole thing. This one is butthole flavored. Mm. Mm, butthole. <laughs> you know what? The other thing I need to do is Maya has a great audio clip. Of, oh, Maya has an amazing butthole. <laughs> Speaking of which, hey Maya, how are so you? So I had a friend in high school who his go-to phrase was "bend over and smile like a donut." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say my favorite phrase that I have only used it a couple times that Todd taught me was if I wanted your shit, I'd get it off of his dick. <laughs> that one's a good one. Gayer than coming a mustache. I got that from Andrew at Dr. Volts. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> cool. Speaking of coming a mustache, Adam. <laughs> hey, I'll have you know I'm mostly clean shaven right now because I can't have a beard for work. Um, hey, guys, what's up? At yeah, really? it's a long story. I'll, I'll tell you off air. Yeah. Lame. I hey, need life that I hate. Hey, what's up, everyone? Adam from Big Shiny Robot. I am the film critic and reviews editor there. Uh, we are now in the new year, so uh, we are to the point where we're going to be nominating and voting for the Razzies, because we've already done year-end stuff for the Uf- UFCA. So that'll be kind of fun. And I also co-host uh, the Board of Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy! Who is really, really busy right now trying to save the world, the world. from the current dipshit administration. Oh boy. And I also yeah. curate our Grinder and Scruff accounts, so keep an eye out for there. Mm-hmm. And Maya hopefully is now curating our Twitter. He, he's and actually curating our, our squirt.org account. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm scared to go there. I just know that gay Twitter got an uproar about it, so. Um, I will put this out there, and I might have to edit this out. However, I worked on a very famous show that originally, and it never made it to the final thing, had a mascot that was supposed to be integrated in the show named Little Squirt. I'm just going to put that out there. And in fact, some of the hard hats from some of the original people who were working on the install have the logo of that character. 
who kind of looks like the singular like orange thing. That's anyway. cool. My favorite square reference was Cowboy Bebop, and you've got Jet Black going, I was into the blues while I was still juice in my dad's sack. We're supermerific today. <laughs> it's because I'm a bad influence. And hey, uh, how you doing there, Maya? Yeah. My head hurts. Uh, I'm sorry, Maya. Uh, hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. Hi, I'm working on a video game called Killing Comma My Friend, and there'll be other things that I'll be talking about ad nauseum coming up. And because everyone else has a secondary podcast on it, Todd and I decided we had to have That's another right. one as well, just for fun. Um, that, in fact, the honest fact of it was too, is that Todd's lovely wife Amy was jealous of our show here that we actually were a book club that still fucking kept That's reading the right. books. And I was like, it's amazing what happens when you actually have to like post a podcast every every week. You know, what I mean, like you have a you know a somewhat schedule to keep, so you end up actually having to read the books. So. We started a, a podcast called, uh, right now we're calling it English Class mm-hmm. Hooligans, and we are actually going through and reading all of those books that you're actually supposed to read in high school, but you for some reason probably didn't, or maybe you didn't, just kind of blew through it and tried to ignore it. So we're going back and actually reading all those books. Um, so um, and we're probably it's probably going to start out as like one a month, uh, I'm thinking yeah. probably, because like we have lives, and then reading all the books for this show, and then I don't know. I didn't realize I was such a reader, but I now long. have two podcasts that are all about reading novels are long uh so i'm not sure which the first month is going to be it's either going to be anthem or it's going to be great gatsby we recorded a pilot as anthem and i haven't fully edited it yet but i think it was probably good enough to watch and release it if it totally sucked we were just not going to release it we're going to pretend like it didn't exist and start with another book but i think it was actually probably pretty good so it might be anthem it might be great gatsby if it's not anthem we'll release anthem later or we will uh go back and do it at some other point in time we'll try again but it's also the, the fun thing is going to be and it's a challenge that poor Adam has to face is we're trying to keep it suitable for work and clean because the, uh, the possibility of some poor kid having to do a report on one of these books and maybe finding our podcast we're like we probably should keep this kind of clean so we have the same problem Adam has of when he's like Adam is full Adam on full Adam mode on this show and then you know I on board as hell <laughs> yeah on board as hell you have to you know sort of we, clean we up your a, language we did one not safe for work episode it was me andy and our friend brooke actually at fanex like two years ago yeah. drunk as hell andy yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. and then we've done a couple pg-13 yeah. ones where we had like we we each got one f word that was used non-sexually because you can do that with yeah. the pg-13 movie now yeah. right and the word fuck is in the um movie big with tom hanks it's also in uh, beetlejuice yep you get one fuck well, those yeah. are PG movies, though. They were a lot, they were a lot stringent back in the... Cause it, yeah. Back then, you had PG and R. There was no PG-13 mm. until we had Gremlins and we had... Uh, Temple, uh, of Temple of Doom. Well, Temple of Doom was the was the one that inspired it or was the first that one inspired with it? it. was, it was the, those two movies were the ones that pissed off, you know, Bitty Nation. Yeah, and the, the first movie with the 313... What was the first uh, movie with PG-13 Google. rating? But I know it was partially inspired by Temple yeah. of Doom. Dude, that um, heart being... Uh, I think Temple of Doom was the first... Uh, yeah, movie. I thought it was. No, Red Dawn. Oh, okay. Temple of Doom pissed off all the biddies, and then Red Dawn got PG-13. The other weird one that's kind of fun is that I used to have a video copy of the movie mm-hmm. Psycho uh, by Alfred Hitchcock yeah. that had an R rating on it, even though the movie came out eight years before the R rating existed, which is kind of no, interesting. No, Blockbuster, well. actually. We have... What's Psycho still was... They have one in Cedar know. City, I learned. They do? I, I thought do. they were on, like, Alaska. Yeah, there was a few in Alaska. Because they don't have internet up there. Or in Cedar City. No, Cedar City kind of makes sense, though, because you have a lot of people who were there for, like, the summer... Um, or for the Shakespearean Festival who, you know, may not have a lot of access to non-artsy-fartsy entertainment or something. I don't know. Wow, 20 minutes in. We Guess what? Do- We're reading uh, <laughs> this, Doom yeah, Patrol. This conversation is much more interesting than the book, so... Yeah. See, okay. 
So here's the deal. I read this book because I like Gerard Way, but I also am completely aware that he's hit or miss. I've read some stuff of him that I like and some stuff of him that I didn't emo. like. I, I'm not that secretly emo. I'm pretty emo. I'm not full on emo either. Like, I'm just, you know. I am non-secretly but not teenagers do scare the shit out of you, so. They do. There's an actually interesting, um, there's a writer named uh, Chuck Cloisterman who writes essays and writes great stuff. He has a great book called, um, eating the dinosaur and he has one called I wear the black hat which is I wear a black hat is all essays about how as he gets older he identifies with the villain more and he has an essay about the song teenagers and it's very interesting because from the listener's point of view or from like the typical teenagers point of view it's all about how adults are scared of them but then he's like but if you really look at it from the fact that Gerard Way was well into his 30s at the point in time which he wrote that song it really kind of reads as I am entertaining these kids but I'm really afraid of them turning on me kind of thing it's really interesting like a lion tamer kind of story it's a very interesting essay yeah Chuck Cloisterman writes great stuff really interesting things I really like his work Um, he also writes for like Spin Magazine and a few other things so I read this book book is this it's called Doom Patrol it's brick by brick it's the new run of Doom Patrol. Doom, 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 doom. There is an older Doom Patrol by uh, Grant Morrison, um, which probably tells you a lot about the book in general anyway. So you know um, it's Adam's favorite. I, you know it's Adam's favorite. I <laughs> liked the book, but I had a hard time explaining why. So I thought, this will be interesting. We'll all read the book and get everyone else's opinion on it. And I think it's going to be a very lively conversation or basically a, uh, you know, I'm wrong kind of episode. This reminded me of the Oh Honey episode of How I Met Your Mother. Potentially. I could see that. We'll see how that all goes. I want to be like, oh, honey. Like, and, and I will admit that there are some flaws in this book, but I thought it was kind of fun. No, and honestly, I, if you like it, that's fine. Like, my, my thing is, you know, as much fun as we have here bitching about things, like, if you honestly enjoyed the book, good yeah. for you. You're wrong. Yeah. But... <laughs> But we still love you. So. No, and like, I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into the details. But we're all probably going to need a drinking game for this book. So. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game. And a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Starting with the drinking game, <clears throat> I'll go first. Mine, I'm calling Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Every time you see a fly in the book, take a drink. Mainly only works for like the first couple issues, but that's okay. Uh, Adam, do you have a drinking game rule? The fuck is this? Uh, Every time you put the book down incredulously and just go, the fuck am I reading? That's going to happen a lot. Okay. Uh, uh-huh. ah, what's your drinking game rule? And it doesn't get better. <laughs> Mine's uh, Danny the Cabana. Of all the different forms that Danny appears, I think being Danny the Cabana sounds... You know the most laid-back version of everything. So okay. every time there's a reference to Danny the Cabana, take a drink. Okay. So mine is similar. Mine was just called Oh Danny Boy. Anytime they mention Danny by name. Oh Danny Boy. Oh Danny Boy. <laughs> the pipes, the pipes, they call on you. No, my pipes you're gonna be passed out drunk. <laughs> yeah, probably. It, but it might. It, it might help. Might help you understand. It might help. For, for the record, by the way, as we've said before, just for any new listeners, um, we reiterate that with playing this drinking game, you don't need to do all of them at yeah. the same time because no. you will die. That's and we always talk. say drink responsibly and get drunk responsibly. But yeah, you would you just my, my rule alone will you'll be drinking every page. Well, and also the, the, the drinking game rule is also just sort of a, a fun, weird little way of showing idiosyncrasies or repeating motifs or just things that happen up mm-hmm. here all the time. So. 
But yes. I actually do want to go back and spot check our episodes. Spot check your episodes and drink along with them? Yes. That's awesome. That might be the only way for me to listen to the episodes. Uh, well, to be fair, like, you know, it's funny because, you know, people mention, like, you know, you know, I have actually run into people who listen to our show, and I'm always kind of wow. amazed, like, you listen to my fucking show, like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird. Um, hey, Stuart. Uh, Hi, Stuart. But no, like, What's up, buddy? Hey, Stuart. But it, it's always funny because people bring up, like, you know, oh, it was so funny when, or it was so cool when you guys made this point, or this and that, I'm like... I don't remember. Yeah, no. Like, what do you mean? You were on the show. I'm like, we don't understand. Like, when we're doing this, we're talking, we're having fun, we're in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a goddamn thing. So when I actually listened to the episode, unless it was some big, like, Q's story of picking up a hooker by accident, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what we talked about. So if I go back and, you know, so I do go here every so often to hear how shitty I sound and what words I need to stop saying every five fucking seconds. We've Except gotten, for we've gotten better, seconds. actually. I've done, I mean, I've done less editing recently than I normally did. Yeah. Yay. But I mean, it's like, I, I don't. You know, I don't need to hear myself talk all the time because I'm not that narcissistic, but Bullshit. I do go back and listen to some of them just, well, <laughs> I'm in love with me. Would you fuck me? Yes. I'd fuck me. Yeah. I told you my story about that, right? Really like mine. Have I told you my story about that? The would you fuck me, I'd about... fuck me? Have you heard that story, Adam? No. I think you, you, know, you yeah, the guy who did Silence the Musical, yeah. you were your friend. Yeah. Right? Like, I was doing a show with him. I, we were, I was at good speed. And uh, mm-hmm. he was going to leave the show because it sounds... As opposed to bad meth. Uh, sorry, what? Oh, I got As opposed to sorry. bad meth. Ah, I'm following you now. Okay. Um, no, so we were working there. We were doing the show called High Button Shoes, which has this weird thing for being the only musical to ever fully take place in New Jersey, which is a weird, useless fact about that. Um, it also has, like, it was back when they used to have, um, like, Ballets in like every musical, and its ballet scene is a Rutgers football game, which is also kind of funny as well. Um, as you do, as you do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was going to leave that, sh- uh, leave the show we were doing um, to go back and do sounds uh, the musical off Broadway. And this is about the time that the market crashed in about two thousand seven or so. Eight. 2007, 2008, so right in, in that. Yeah, yeah right. In, Sorry, I, I remember very distinctly when that yeah. happened because we had just left San Francisco and like they were offering apartments for like condos for the mid 500s. Yeah. And like a month later, they're like, ah, fuck that. Yeah, house. exactly. So, um, right. so it was about that time frame. And so it ended up getting canceled and he stuck around. But so as he was leaving, he was telling us a story. And so he played the Buffalo Bill character. And he's on, if you ever get like the soundtrack for it, he's the one who's on there. And so I asked him about. It's really good, by yeah. the way. It's really fucking. Funny. Um, I, I knew a few cast. I worked with a few cast members, a few different shows at Good Speed that are in that show. Um, one of the other detectives was also um, not in that show, but a different show I worked on. Um, but uh, and also when I was at Good Speed, for those of you who watch um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, Josh Tran, who she's in love with, I did Pippin with him there as well, which is kind of fun. And he taught me a magic trick, even though he's not supposed to, because magician never reveals the secrets. He totally taught me how to do the floating sphere gag. So eat that suckers um anyway so green rooms there or the dressing rooms are like super super narrow and so we're standing there and it's like it's me and like the costume designer if you stand shoulder to shoulder no one can pass in the hallway like that's as wide as the hallway is and so i'd asked him about this and he left and then all of a sudden he like pokes his head like right between me and i'm standing on one side and one guy's on the other side and all of a sudden like right between us is his head appears and all of a sudden he's here would you fuck me i fuck me <laughs> I was hard. I was like right there, like in full character, like inches away from my face. It was so fucking unnerving. It's not even funny. But you need you need to actually go listen to that song because it turns like a whole like Broadway review. Like I'd fuck yeah. me, I'd yeah. fuck me hard. Yeah. It's like wackety schmackety. I mean, he was, and he was a he was a great dude. B he was a great actor and really like just super nice to work with. But it was just it was super unnerving when he did it. Like in this tiny tiny hallway, and like there is no room to move. Like I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere like 
So, question: When we were in New York, mm-hmm. we uh, we went to the waitress and we saw that off Broadway theater that was playing like the gay guy explaining sex to girls or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the theater where they did Silence? Yes, I thought you said that. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. That's that's where it was. It's off. Um, yeah, because there's there's a few off Broadway theaters, but it's like on. It's like right there. Like yeah. it's literally like a block. It's like a block from, off. Less than a block. Yeah, it's like it's because uh, we waitress was. Yeah, it's. I don't remember the name of the theater, but yeah, it's there because I remember. Uh, one of the times that Jess and I were out there, we stayed in a hotel that was not very far from there, and Silence was there or something like that. But yeah. Um, anyway, there you go. We always talk about Broadway on the show. It's pretty funny, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, well, here we're going to get into this. We're going to get into the votes, and uh, we're going to see whether or not you should read this. Which is just playing the uh, Brooks Atkinson Theater. <laughs> right. Which is um, somewhere in New York. Yeah. Valid point. Most Broadway shows are. Anyway, so go um, <laughs> and Sarah Burrells is coming back. Yes, yeah, she is, and she'll she'll be with uh, Jason Mraz is playing the Doctor. Yep, and it's uh, on two fifty six West Forty Seventh Street. I'm on the website. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, comic books. Anyway, comic books. Uh, so we are going to take. Holy shit, we're thirty minutes into this fucker. Um, <laughs> we're gonna take. Gives a- me a lot of editing. You would be surprised. Um, we're gonna take a vote as to whether or not you or dear listeners should actually read this book. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote. Because we love you. And we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you. Our dear listener. Along with each vote. Our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. And we're going to start with Mr. Maya. I, I did enjoy this book, even though it did give me quite the headache on top of the one that I already had. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I will say, if you're a fan of Grant Morrison... Stop. Then you should read. <laughs> then, then you will probably like this book because Gerard Way, um, he's friends with Grant Morrison. I think he's 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 learned a lot of his comic writing from Grant Morrison. Uh, this is very feels very much like one of Grant Morrison's really weird books. If you are not a fan of Grant Morrison, as you shouldn't be, probably like stay away. Okay, I'm going to throw in my vote right here right now. I mm-hmm. did like this book, although it's sort of hard to describe and recommend it. I This book, I think, is akin to, like, perhaps an experience lucid dreaming or maybe a music video. There's sort of a through line, but it gets kind of random and haphazard, and it doesn't necessarily all make sense, and sometimes you're not quite certain why stuff is there. And I won't even say that it all pays off in the end, but it's sort of like, it reminds me of like one of those 90s music videos where there's like one band member has this story going on and one band member has this story going on <laughs> and they kind of all sort of clash a little bit. And then sometimes you're like, wait, how come the drummer's storyline never sort of made any damn sense? And you're like, don't, don't worry about the songs over. It has moments like that. I think it's an interesting experience reading it. However, if you're looking for something that makes logical sense of plot, this does this, then this does this, then this does this, and then this does this. This is not the book for you, and I feel like it's a book you have to be in the right mood. Just kind of go on a weird little journey and just kind of take it in. Because it has plot. It does, but it doesn't flow in a traditional sense. 
No. And it's not even like a Tarantino rearrangement. No. It's, it's much more scattershot. Well, it's why I feel like it's, a, it's a, like a lucid dream. It's like a dream that you're sort of in control of, and it kind of makes sense, and the characters kind of make choices, but they're also sort of reacting to an ever-changing environment that doesn't completely make sense. You know what I mean? Todd, what is your vote? Well, you didn't say whether or not. Oh, I guess you did. I recommend it hesitantly. I recommend it with... If you are in the mood for a very specific experience from your comic books, then yes, give it a try. However. Or if you do like to do mushrooms before reading your comics. Or or peyote. Or if you really, really, really want to be serious about playing the drinking game rule on this one, then, you know, maybe. (laughs) That could really change how you interpret this. And maybe I just drank too much or something when I read this book the first time. Maybe you did. Um, You know, I I did like the Umbrella Academy by Uh, Gerard Way. But I like the first volume a lot better than the second volume. Second volume, Dallas. I thought the first volume was a lot stronger. I can't recommend this book. Okay. So no, I can't recommend this book. And because Adam already texted me as soon as he finished the book, I knew Adam was done as soon as I got texted. Being like, "The fuck did I just read?" Hence <laughs> <laughs> my drinking game rule. Yeah, like that was like literally got the text message. I'm like, "Well, Adam's done reading the book. Okay." So, yep. Adam, what's your vote? Ah, uh, fuck no. <laughs> This so we'll we'll go into details later. This isn't bobo level, but it was almost there. Like I was sitting here with my buddy reading it, and I was like, after I was done, I was like, well, that was a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. And so, like I said, like it's it's not under. But if you like, if you again, if you like the book, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It just it's not for me. Yeah, we're fifty fifty on whether or not you should read it, and really, I would say it's almost more like twenty five seventy five whether or not you should read it. Because yeah, even the yeses are highly the, the yes qualified. the yeses are qualified for sure for sure highly qualified. Yeah, it's almost like when you start a sentence with like you know not to be racist. Oh, but for sure, yeah. And you're racist. I'm not homophobic or anything, but does that you know? Yeah, it's very much that way. <laughs> yeah, that make your butt look big. It does. Yeah, so. So if you are so desired, or you can just let us just ruin this experience for you. Or tell us how we're wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> I'm not even waiting for that. I bloated it specifically for this episode, I'll be totally honest with you. Like it was there, ready to go. Okay. I was expecting to play it from Adam, but that just seemed like a really good opportunity to play that. That was nice timing. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That. So we'll see on the flip side, and we'll figure something out. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if a lightning round will make sense on this book. So I'm. I'm yeah, you get to do it if you want to try. Because <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'd have to look at the page for like a minute and go, "Well, yeah." And that yeah. okay, we'll, we'll discuss. But yeah, reason for the season. That's amazing. We're just really <laughs> going just off kilter here, Brian. Yeah. Just saw a picture that said treason for the season. But you know what? That makes more sense than trying to do a lightning round for this book. If you want to read it, read it. If not, we're going to play a little ditty and we'll see you in a second. Okay, bye. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. I'm going to do a rough attempt at trying to summarize some of this. I'm going to need... Feel free to cut it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I might cut it or I might just say, okay, I'm probably going to, this is probably going to be super vague and I'm probably going to misinterpret something or do something weird in here. So just fill in, please jump in and help where I'm missing things. Lightning round begins now. 
So, okay, so you start out with a couple weird random images. There's a voiceover going on with it that's kind of like where things are randomly happening, and you jump into the sequence where you have this woman who's driving in a, uh, an ambulance, and she has her partner, and they're really pretty darn good at being ambulance drivers, and then she's playing a video game, and they're kind of discussing about how weird things are. And you cut to, like, a, a random shot of, like, a space planet, and then, you know, it kind of cuts back and forth, and they are discussing things and you get to this point where you have this robot who's sort of wandering around in this video game and all of a sudden the robot presses a button in his little side world and there's an explosion next to the EMTs in a trash can. Uh, then you jump like to some other random point where Danny or someone is out there wandering through a building looking for Danny and then you have another sequence where uh, it says what's going on with uh, Niles Chalder and it's some guy fucking around with some synthesizers and he plays a note and it sounds like a fly for random reasons. You're back with the um, the ambulance drivers, and they're still like getting calls. And this robot that you saw from earlier shows up. He starts walking towards them, gets hit by a uh, truck, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Start putting back together again. And then you jump to a um, a hotel that's having a meeting, and they you know say, "Hey, we're good. We we'll left alone." They press a button, and they all turn into these weird brand. Like they kind of are these weird alien creatures. Some of them are like these digital robots, and they they no longer have to hide their human disguises. And so they are showing off this new business proposal where they're going to start making meat for something that kind of looks like a weird intergalactic Burger King kind of logo kind of thing. So uh, back on Earth, as far as we can suspect, you have the ambulance driver who now has a kick-ass jacket who is uh, trying to, like, has this um, uh, box of parts that the robot was in, and she gets a singing telegram that ends up blowing up a guy who's helping her out, and uh, she doesn't understand why that person's even there. Uh, that girl ends up eventually sort of hanging out with her and staying and helping put a brain that she has randomly in the body of the robot. And then you have this random image of some sort of, like, lion on a space <laughs> planet with arrows in it, and then this dude who's dead with a brick that says, I'm sorry, and there's a broken window behind it, like the brick's been thrown to it, but there's like this blue blood everywhere, and his brain is damaged. That's your first issue. Does that, does that cover just about everything? Sure. You get to the second episode, you have this fighter pilot, he randomly looks back, he has like a, a Russian nesting doll behind him, is asking how it's going, and then all of a sudden he sees like, face turn into a like skeleton, and he's asking where Larry Trainer is, and he's searching for Larry, Larry Trainer, and he gets bumped, and there's some big guy with like a total... Back to the Future Volume 2 hat on, saying Howl's wandering around. And, you know, they kind of get in the pseudo fight and he gets kind of pushed around and his eyes are all kind of weird underneath his sunglasses. You go back to the ambulance driver we saw before. She pulls out her tooth. She realizes that um, there's like a scroll inside of one of her teeth. She opens it up and it has a little note on it that says, good job. Just then she gets a bang on the door. She goes outside. The weird singing telegram girl is now wearing one of her uniforms, but has also put together the robot and put is like putting the brain in the water and trying to make it work. Her ambulance partner shows up, says, hey, we got to go do stuff to do. We go back to say, what are you doing, Niles, Niles Chalder? He's now um, using a hot air balloon to go surface through stuff. And there is a sort of like a Mount Rushmore kind of drawing of his face and or carving of his face in this mountain. And it's looking like, what the fuck? So ambulance drivers show up to the scene. The guy who got you saw earlier, who was looking for what's his butt, uh, who got pushed around, has the weird eyes behind sunglasses. He's freaking out, and so the cops are leaving him alone, letting the, uh, the the people on the ambulance take care of it. So they start looking into his eyes, and uh, they're going to give him some food and try to take care of him. So jump to the apartment now. Like, the robot people you saw in the first issue who were talking to the uh, people who kind of look like weird meat, zombie, melting cheese guys, they, um, they're there now, and they have the robot tied up, and uh, they're sitting there about ready to attack stuff like that, and then they accidentally, you know, he kicks somebody and they accidentally blow up and you have some cartoon action going on at the same time. Uh, the ambulance driver is rushing around trying to um, 
get this guy who has the weird crazy eyes there and he starts puking up uh, like this black sludge kind of thing and so the robot guys kicked all the everybody's asses and all of a sudden more of them start coming through so he gets blasted through the, the wall and jumps out he's now on the street and he's trying to follow this cat more guys show up more cartoon violence they throw around and all of a sudden the ambulance driver shows up and there's the robot guy and she's freaking out being like what the fuck is going on with all this stuff then all of a sudden completely out of nowhere you jump to these aliens traveling asking where larry trainer is again robot has like a stone in there and they're sitting there talking being like i don't know what's going on because no at this point in time the book knows what the fuck's going on and then you jump back to the hospital and these ambulance drivers are kind of getting you know told hey you kind of fucked up and she keeps hearing this voice in the radio and then she realizes that the voice coming through the radio is some sort of random you know voice that's not connected to the radio and she's inside the uh, the ambulance. The ambulance falls apart, and she steps outside, and all of a sudden she's in sort of this like cabaret. And inside the cabaret, there's a super beefy, hunky guy who would do very well on Grinder. Um, and he says, "Maybe he can help you." And so he opens up the curtains, and all of a sudden, behind the curtains is this thing called Danny Land, and it looks like Disneyland, obviously, with marching bands and kids and all sorts of shit. So, end of issue two. So she's wandering through Dannyland, and the, um, the the strongman is kind of giving her the tour um, and kind of telling her, I think essentially that like this is sort of Danny's consciousness is kind of what I got the vibe from. Is that correct? And so she ends up going on like this. It's a small world after all kind of ride, sort of thing that's supposed to explain everything to her. Then you get back to. Um, the normal world and you have the robot who ironically for programmers is wearing a t-shirt that says hello world which i thought was funny and the guy with the crazy eyes has these weird things on his chest that look like holes and they stick out and they i can't tell if they're, it's just like really weird like chest hair or these weird animal things in it then it sort of shows like this alien like sort of transporting this guy and he's sort of semi-skeletal and he's sort of gotten sucked out and you start to get kind of the idea that maybe it's this dude who's sort of been like this dude has kind of been fucked around with aliens and now he has these weird sort of issues with stuff like that seeing a telegram girl shows up with pizza because who doesn't like pizza and then they get you know they hear some sort of screeching sound and this big creepy alien thing that looks like the stuff that um the guy has in his chest shows up saying that uh it's later trainer they're gonna fight back in the parking lot of the hospital those robots people who um, kind of look like they're from Tron or whatever that was from earlier from the board meeting they're uh, saying Danny are you there and you start to realize that maybe Danny's actually the has transported himself into this um, ambulance so you start beating that up so um, we have a, a dark version of it's a small world after all and they're saying it's a doomed world after all blah 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 um, kind of like the real thing really she gets out she's wandering through and there's this big mouth it's asking for the password and she says, good job, because she remembers it, because there's a bunch of teeth around it, and she remembers um, that that's what was in her. And it opens up the door, and she walks through there and finds herself in a comic book store. We're reading the issue of Danny Comics, and Danny Comics is supposed to sort of explain the backstory here, but no one really knows what's going on. And so this girl starts seeing, like, pictures of herself reading the comic book. inside the comic book. It gets very meta, and she starts thinking maybe she has some sort of superpowers. The curtains open again, and this weird, creepy Teddy Ruxpin pink thing comes <laughs> jumping at her and gives her a big hug. You understand the Teddy Ruxpin reference here in a few minutes. So, these alien things, they now send a little probe through the, um, the ambulance sort of thing, and uh, this, the, then you're back in Dannyland. She's wandering around, the little Teddy Ruxpin thing's following around. She walks out of that into the cabaret, and as she's walking out of the cabaret, her leg starts to fall apart, and then she falls through, like, kind of comes back in the Am, uh, the ambulance the ambulance is sort of like this passport thing she falls through the amb uh, the ambulance the ambulance now she's back in the real world and those robot creatures have gotten her and then we jump back to hey where's Niles Charlotte aka we now learn that he is the chief and the chief is sitting there doing some experiments and he basically creates 
a robot version of himself who punches him and runs off to do whatever. Like you do. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Now we're back with the uh, destroyed apartment and the weird, big, creepy black creature thing going after the guy who has um, all the weird, like, three black circles on him. And he's trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. There's a fight, fight, fight. And they all disappear. And the girl's reading the book being like, okay, well, everyone's fucking gone. So now we're in this new issue. Um, there's a bunch of weird noise going on. Her, the, uh, the partner for the ambulance is woken up. He's walking around. He looks into the bedroom of, I think, his kid. And his kid is, like, doing some sort of weird devil worship. He's trying to tell him, hey, you know, why can't you concentrate on karate rather than worshiping Satan, blah, blah, blah. So now we jump to where the robot and Danny, I believe, trainer, who is the guy with the three weird circles on his chest, and this weird creepy alien have shown up. And they're in the negative space, and they are have this sort of, like, negative energy stone thing, kind of like from uh, or the apes worship on... Um, uh, 2001. 2001. There we go. Thank you. Um, so they're in there. They they reach out to kind of go inside of it slash touch it, and all of a sudden they're in like this weird big trainer a chamber. There's all these different creatures like the one that they, they saw, and they tell them that it's time for them to begin, and they're going to put him through some kind of purpose. Jump to another little side episode of what's going on with uh, Niles uh, Chalder and it's this habitual stoop, and he's basically sitting there in front of a camera sn- spying on the light the driver of the ambulance and the weird Teddy Ruxpin spaced green creature and they realize what's going on so we cut to them in real life and we see that uh she's trying to figure out what's going on she has um some weird lightning powers that suddenly come out of her house and the weird teddy wrestling player presses uh like a stomach thing and it pops out and there's a tape there which is super creepy so it's like teddy ruxpin if teddy ruxpin actually had like like weird water shit all over him so yours didn't uh well no because i wasn't that into teddy ruxpin i mean you were into him in a different way than i was <laughs> um, i was into your whatever here I got that. Um, so she now uses her newfound ability to use lightning to sort of zap the door, and some hippie guys following her out. So now we're back into the weird sort of alien thing where they're in the center and they're talking to the guy with trainer with the superpowers and whatever, and they call him captain. They say welcome, blah blah blah. Uh, girl with lightning powers who drives the ambulance is sort of trying to escape now. They find the ambulance is on some sort of life support. They're trying to help it escape as well and they open it up and they realize there's this big sort of machine that turns Danny into meat for hamburgers it's like it's grinder kind of thing um (laughs) grinder boom and then it is all about meat consumption they both are yeah that's that yep there we go um so uh this is where we talk about when Danny was a cabana for a little while Todd's favorite part um <laughs> then we jump to the uh the ambulance driver has now she's starting to get all geared up she has what she needs psycho gas because she has to when she's ta- traveling through time while driving an ambulance like you do you have to make sure you're stoned as fuck to make it all work um so she has a sort of like rainbow bright uh superhero outfit and they start driving Danny and he now lets out like a uh, like, what's that cat that had, like shoots like uh, uh, rainbows out of his ass? No, the, no, no, yeah, cat, you know, to, yeah it, it looks like one of that. It's like so, it's flying around doing all that shit. And now this big evil alien is angry that they escaped. Uh, next issue, they show back up to um, her partner's house and saying, "Hey, man, we got some shit going on here." Um, jump back to the weird 
guy who was uh, um, with the three things in his uh, his chest or whatever, and he was being tortured again. And all of a sudden, he looks like a giant mem- mummy, which is okay, but becomes really awesome when he has the appropriate sunglasses. Because if you're going to be a mummy, make sure you have the appropriate sexy eyewear, because that's fucking important, <laughs> apparently. So then the ambulance shows back uh, up into their world again because he's traveling through time. And the robot realizes that Danny, wherever the fuck Danny is, is now this ambulance. So they climb inside the ambulance. They go back to Danny World, which is a Disney World, which is now on fire, much like it is in real life when recording this because California is in, uh, you know, in flames. Ellen just had to so evacuate show... her house. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's because she lives in the rich part of it, whereas poor people live. We're still staying put. Um, anyway, so... The ambulance is trying to rescue people, and the big, um, the big muscular guy is sick, and they're helping people out, and whatever. They're in Dannyland. Then somebody who says they miss their cat. Somebody misses the cat. It's the, the so then you driver. see the ambulance driver. Her cat lotion misses her cat. Then of course you see a space guy in a spacesuit walking through the street because no one seems to notice that that's weird <laughs> at all on a normal street. And then he feeds this cat this like powder, and the cat turns into like a cat person kind of thing. And then now Danny, as the ambulance is traveling through space to the past, to Mobile Slaughter Unit X-19, he shows up in there and there's already another version of them, or of of the ambulance there. And so now we have two things there and they start to fight, Uh, fight, 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 uh, and try to escape and try to save Danny, whatever. And then meanwhile, in Larry Trainer's innermost uh, parallel lifetime, we see him um, visiting some guy who's dying. Reasons will probably make sense at some other point in time if you read the other books. Fight continues. Larry Trainer uses his superpowers or weird creature, shadowy alien creature thing to fight and kill people. Back in Dannyland, the other ambulance driver is still trying to help people, and they end up like the Teddy Ruxpin gives him some goo from his chest, which was super creepy on the uh, tape cassette, but apparently can help heal the strong man. So okay, so apparently what we learn from this is that. Uh, human ejaculate of whatever kind will help save humanity good to know there so basically you're saying i will never die pretty much Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying you're the strongest man alive um so then we cut to the ambulance driver she is lighting the comic book store on fire and it starts to turn into like sort of weird biological things and she runs away now she back she's back she has a laser gun and she shoots some doctor thing she does some shit she's about to kiss this weird creepy alien thing because like why the fuck would you do that and then all of a sudden they kind of starburst thing then you cut to New Mexico somewhere and there's some girl talking about some shit and then you see some other girl floating and says well tomorrow we'll all be Jane we'll figure that all out in the next episode whatever that is so then um, they're destroying Dannyland. They're loading people up into the ambulance. Um, they got to go. They're helping people out. They got you know the place loaded, and they are taking off and flying through space and having basically an intergalactic space chase. The weird different timelines are kind of destroying themselves and freaking out. And they find the ambulance crashed into New Mexico somewhere into what they call is called Janestown. They open up the gate and they go in. So you have in this traveling party right now the ambulance driver in a rainbow bright outfit her partner, the weird hippie guy who they met in prison, the creepy Teddy Ruxpin, the strong man, the newfound, uh, you know, Mr. Invisible mummy guy, and the robot with the Hello World t-shirt. This is now our crew of Doom Patrol going through. So they've gone through. We have Now we go into, we have this weird sort of cult thing, rocking all the same Under Armour outfits, um, somebody, you know, floating, and they're all hanging out, and then she has some sort of weird telekinetic powers, 
and she fights. Our friend who has the um, bitchin' glasses and, you know, is basically a mummy, he uses some sort of zapping powers to knock a couple people on, like, into some sort of underground things into people's different minds. So now, supposedly in Jane's underground, which you get the impression that maybe they're fighting in, like, some sort of subterranean part of her consciousness or whatever the fuck is going on there so um you know there's some zapping and they're talking to this like weird little cult there's some zapping going on they what do they have, they have to leave for something oh they're basically they're they're gonna drop a bomb on themselves basically doing like a big cult suicide so they're gonna have to go try to stop this bomb the robot's back down in the subconsciousness he's talking things over being like hey man you shouldn't destroy yourself this is too weird can't stop this bomb whatever then there's some weird you know giant version of her and her subconscious is trying to stop all this they're driving the um ambulance to try to save the day again it uh disappears the mummy guy zaps things with his chest because why the fuck not the strong man jumps off of the now flying ambulance with the rainbow bright background and onto a bomb and is going to ride it out and then weird alien black creature thing tries to knock him off and the bomb is about to go down and go boom and it sort of just pauses and doesn't actually do anything and they separate people out and they try they've now saved the day and when the uh this the uh, ambulance shows back up it's now been painted with a welcome back jane love on the side of it and uh, you see the ambulance driver back in her place and see how fast they're going to get there. Then you cut to a shot of um, these uh, executives super excited about this weird cat-like... It's basically the same stuff that the cat ate. And the girl who had been the singing telegram person who blown people up, she is sort of um, going to be selling it to them. And that is the end of the book. Did I miss anything I in there? I think you did... A fantastic job. <laughs> About as no, well as you can like, get whatever that shit is. That's what semblance of a plot there is. And as you can see, it is random and haphazard and kind of like a lucid dream. Like random shit just kind of happens and goes back and forth. If there's a subplot, it only lasts for a page or two, really. It's just sort of random and haphazard and that. So, Adam, I know you have an opinion on it. What's your thoughts? This book makes no goddamn fucking sense. It's <laughs> except like Bobo was just it's, it's so out there in the realm of just absurd reality that just makes it make it's it's fucking stupid no this book seemed interesting it was an interesting concept i got mm -hmm. that they're doing this kind of weird world and like every single page though i would sit there and be like Gee, what the fuck's going on well maybe it'll, it'll explain and then it does explain a little bit and then it adds more weird shit to it that makes no fucking sense and like cool maybe by the end it'll make sense no no, it doesn't. It just ends, and you're like, I think I mean, you text you, what the fuck did I just read? Like, it, it makes no goddamn sense. And, like, I'm a relatively smart yeah. person, so it's not like I couldn't get anything going on with it, but, like, mm -hmm. it was just like watching, like, when South Park did Chin Pokemon, and the episodes of their thing made no sense because it was, like, all weird. It felt like it was something that was written in a different language and then translated badly into English. Not mm -hmm. that the writing itself was bad in the sense that the people don't make sense when they talk. But it's almost like the minutia of the plot points got lost somewhere in translation. So either Gerard Way does a lot of drugs, which I'm sure he does, or he's trying to parrot Grant Morrison, who's also a hack and who should just die. So I think it's more likely a parroting of Grant Morrison because Grant Morrison mm -hmm. did the original. Uh, actually, he did um, not I haven't read the original. original. No. The Doom Patrol, Doom Patrol was actually predates the X-Men, and a lot of people think... The X-Men is a ripoff of the Doom Patrol. No, well, probably the most known run is Grant Morrison's run of Doom Patrol. But yeah, he did not do the original by any means. Have you read Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol run? I have not. You have not? Okay. Um, have you read other Doom Patrol runs? Uh, yeah, I read some. There was one in like the mid-2000s I read. 
Um, and it's always just kind of crazy, weird, weird stuff like this. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's hard to describe, but overall, I mean, the story was the team coming together. There were aliens that were wanting to turn people into hamburger that they stopped from killing. Yeah. And and they had to save certain characters to get them all together yeah. to become a thing. Yeah, like uh, Larry Trainer, uh, Negative Man. What what basically when that negative ghost comes out of him is when his his physical body goes limp, and that's why that little that little interlude that you saw it had nothing to do with really anything that happened before that's just as they mention it in the book that when the negative spirit comes out of him he goes basically and relives like memories and, and stuff like that okay um and i mean robot man he's he's a robot man yeah mm-hmm. uh the main character uh casey oh, what's her name casey Brink. ambulance driver yeah yeah she's she's a brand new character for this she didn't exist okay. before this okay niles calder uh is basically like their professor x mm-hmm. uh or in the past. as yep. well mm-hmm. yep and that's uh, an- another uh similarity for re- why people think that the x-men is a ripoff of doom patrol but even though he was barely in this it was just him kind of dinking around yeah, uh, I guess he does show up after the, after this. Uh, I haven't. Re- I'm behind a couple of the single issues, mm-hmm. but um, apparently he does show up shortly after this trade. Okay. And Danny the Street, he's basically a living piece of geography that can talk to people, and, and yeah. at least in this, suck you into his own Danny land. And mm-hmm. it's really weird. It's hard to follow. Kind of going through it again with you, I realized that I did enjoy it. But at the same time, it's still like hard to follow. I actually thought you did a really good job with your lightning round of kind of doing the best summary that could possibly be done. Of of saying, okay, well, this is random, and this is kind of what this is, and this is kind of what's going on. But yeah. it's and like and like I said, I think my, for me, my description is it's like a music video, or it's like a lucid dream. Like there's something sort of going on as an overall through, but there's these random interludes that cut in and out that sort of distract from whatever is kind of going on. And then the plot kind of splits, and so there's like two or three little kind of plots going on, and you start cutting between three of those, and then eventually they kind of rejoin. And so it is, it's a group coming together, but it's like it's a little weird, and it's sort of like the fun of this book is not necessarily like the lightning round is great for saying, okay, this is what this plot does. And this is what these characters do. And this is what's really interesting for me. The fun of this book is just the experience of reading it. It's just mm-hmm. sort of this weird, it's like one of those nights where you're hanging out with your friends. You may have drank a little too much and someone's just dragging you around from one bar to another. And you kind of look back at it and go, wait, how do we end up from here to there? That kind of feels like what it is. You know what I mean? It's just kind of this weird sort of trip that you're like, okay, wait, we got from here to there. I don't remember exactly what happened in between. You know what I mean? Or all I remember is like, it's like, oh yeah, and I remember a Mexican restaurant. And I, like, you don't know why you remember a Mexican restaurant, but you remember a Mexican restaurant. And like, you know, there's just weird stuff that way. So I mean, I, and I mean, there's some intergalactic time travel, but it doesn't get so weird and heavy into it like a Jonathan Hickman thing. But it, it makes me almost wonder if it, would make sense if like the first 12 issues together are read because there's so many yeah. things that aren't even they're like touched upon once like the cat being turned into a cat person then never yeah. seen again that's probably something that shows up in issues after this yeah and and really the more important part about that is, is the powder that they feed the cat because that plays in at the very end yeah. but you know i mean that but yeah okay yeah sorry i cut you off oh no no you're fine um, but the problem with that, at least right now in the single issues, is it is massively delayed. I think issue nine just came out, and the first it's been about a year since the book started, uh, yeah. or over a year. Yeah, no, 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 it's been over a year. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, the book has just been massively delayed. And uh, so didn't, didn't they announce it at like New York Comic Con like this last year? Not the most recent one, but the one before. Isn't that when they, like, they announced the, it? And the about first issue came out around San Diego Comic Con last year because I remember they had okay. I, they, they had the records and stuff like that with um, Cybernetic Guy, right? Well, they had uh, like a special like variant cover. No, but I remember we talked about Cave Carson and Cybernetic Guy had a song attached to it. Yeah, it does. That was they they released that at New York Comic Con last year. Right. Okay, so yeah, it was, it was so it wasn't the most recent New York Comic Con, but the one before. Yeah, okay. uh, no, two ago, two ago. No, because I remember we we discussed that we were basically when you used to do Professor Maya, we we talked about it doing that. So that wasn't been two years ago, I don't think. Okay, no, the, no, they released they released that tape at last year's New York Comic Con, but those books had mm-hmm. been out for a while already. Oh, had they? they okay, started. Yeah, they started summer uh, like spring of two thousand. 16. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, the book is just massively delayed, and I'm wondering if it's... That's neither here nor there. That's something else to talk yeah. about. But, um, yeah, no, overall, like, I enjoyed it, but it's hard to really explain why. Question on the side note, because this is part of the Young Animals line. Can you give me a little bit more explanation as what the Young Animals stuff is? Um, It's kind of more weird stories, kind of like Doom Patrol, not as out there that exist in the DC universe, but they're kind of... They're not quite Vertigo, but they're not quite right. DC. They're there, somewhere. That's a good way of putting it. Is, is there a specific amount of characters that are in there, or is it one of those things, kind of like Marvel has, like, Max, Punisher Max or whatever, is there, like, is there like could you have a young animal version of, like, Batman, or is it, like, young animals, like, well, these specific weird characters? Well, there are, I mean, the DC universe, it's in the same universe as the DC universe, so Batman's in there. Uh-huh. Uh, he may not really show up in books, but he's... Yeah, he's in there. Um, yeah, it's based. I just looked it up here. Its main focus is to relaunch characters and settings from the DC universe in stories for mature readers. Done with a more experimental approach than DC's primary line of superhero comics, and it is overseen okay. by the Vertigo editor. So there's the potential of like a new character being created, who is a slightly more avant-garde kind of storytelling style, and so they would end up in the young animals line or is it like established like these are the characters that are the young animals i have no idea that that's up to okay. broadway he's kind of like the main guy in charge of the young animals todd todd shaking his head okay todd what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah you I, know, could, I could feel his disapproving when i when yeah. i said that i enjoyed the book wrong 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 you're wrong you know i suppose if Terry Gilliam is a little too straight-laced for you, <laughs> and you think Tideland... You think this makes less sense than Terry Gilliam? Yeah, I really do. I, I think this is on an equal playing field, not necessarily in quality, but in weirdness to, like, Brazil. You know, and I love Brazil. I mean, who doesn't I do like too. De Niro as a, um off-the-grid plumber? Yeah. So it's... You're lining around. I, I did enjoy it, and it made more sense than actually reading it. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. the, the lining round... No, it actually did. That made, it, yeah, that actually didn't make me understand the book any better, but it was a better experience than reading the fucking thing. The, <laughs> That's my sultry voice. Is it what is that your is. sultry voice. <laughs> the, you, know, you go from page to page, and you're going, I think I'm starting to grasp what they're trying to do, and like, oh, you're starting to grasp, it's time to jump to the next thing again. And mm-hmm. there's out things out there. I mean, I kind of like the idea of Danny the Sentient Straits becoming and evolving, and I think Danny the Cabana just sounds a little more <laughs> laid back. Talking with Maya earlier, this is volume one, brick by brick, and that is referencing Danny as, as a, brick. a brick. I'm yeah. not sure what that means. 
I'm not sure if it's meant to mean anything. And is there symbolism in here, or is it weird for being the sake of weird? And is it just strange for being the sake of strange yes. without a point? That's I will I will agree with you on that. I sometimes do find that in Gerard Way's writing in general, where sometimes I feel like there's some things in there that it's like, does that mean something, or is that just a rock star? I'm gonna be fucking weird because I'm gonna be fucking weird, and you're gonna try to just make some sense out of it, and I don't but really give a shit. The book will sell because all the My Chemical Romance fans will go right by the book, and you, you, you yeah. know, at least with Grant Morrison, he's got a point somewhere in there. You may not like it, but. Grant's got an idea and a point, and this is him doing a parody of Grant or a love letter to Grant. I'd say probably more a love letter to Grant. It's a love letter to Grant, and you shouldn't try to out Morrison Morrison. I don't think anyone's really asking for that. So you're saying the Doom Patrol provided something that no one wanted? It very well could be, is, but it's, I mean, you guys go like, you know, as I go through this, and I think I, think I actually enjoyed this. But it still sounds like you're not quite sure. Well, and like, and I, I guess what I can say is, is that it's one of those things where it's like, you can sit there and you can say, I like M and M's because I like the chocolate in the center and I like the candy coating, and you can put at firm, definite reasons of it. Yeah. The thing about this book is, is I enjoyed the experience of reading the book. Like, I kind of like, I got to the end of it, I thought that was interesting, that was fun. But it's hard for me to sit there and say, this aspect of it, I think, was very well done. I think the art is good, but doesn't necessarily completely make sense as cohesive storytelling. It's it's, it's like an experimental film or something else. It's something that I enjoyed the experience, but if you try to analytically put together the pieces and say, this is what is good about it and this is what is not, I have a difficult time doing that. I've seen plays, I've seen movies, I've seen lots of different experiences of art where like the overall experience of it, I really appreciated, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I liked every aspect of it. Sure. Um, and the and same to- token, I've seen pieces of art where I liked this specific aspect of it. And I could say that show I saw was shit, but the lighting design was very good, or the set design was very good, or that actor was very good in a really shitty role. And so, but I, it's just this is just one of those pieces of art. So it's not that I'm, I'm dissuading it. I know it's not for everybody, so I don't sure. want to sit there and say you should run out and see this. I'm like. And it may not even be for me on every day, but like if I'm in the mood to read something just a little bit out there and try just to push the boundaries of what the medium of storytelling can be in comic books, there's something kind of fun and interesting here. So there are bits here I like. I like the one thing where she's like wearing the robot's jacket and they're like, cool jacket, or even the arrows in the throne room where they're simply, it's like the negative space. So it's an outline arrow, but it's white and it's a negative space. They didn't draw the arrow. They removed material from the lion with it being the arrow. Speaking of which, my drink for this is called the negative space. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to jump on that now or Todd? Do you want to finish off your thought? So are there elements that are done well and are interesting? Yes. Is there some of the characters? I do like the character that again introduces the ambulance driver, but it goes. Is it weirdness for the sake of weird? Can I be in? Am I in the wrong mood when I read this? Did I read it too quickly? Is reading it all at once better or worse than small bites? Is this a better thing as a one issue or half issue at a time? I, I will say that reading it all at once because I did read it in single issues. And it was hard month to month to remember, okay, what happened in the last issue before reading As I'm reading this is what happened in the previous page and how does this relate sometimes goes along with that. And there was some inventive, I mean, you've got the dude like with, you can see a skeleton through his skin. Slut. And and, (laughs) the saggy skinned people. Slut. Yes. There's elements I like. I just don't like the way it was put together. 
I, I guess I can appreciate it, but I mean, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's not like Bobo Bo to me is terrible, and you've got one guy going off the rails. And this definitely has a lot of editors and a lot of people working on it, and they've got this. But I think it's weird for the sake of being weird. And what's the point? I don't think you're wrong on that. I mean, and I mean, maybe the point of it was to establish this young animals line and say, okay, we're going to be fucking weird, and this is going to be the ultimate of our weird. And yeah, so maybe. If, if if you if you can deal with this, then everything else will be easier. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that'll. But be see, my problem is, I don't want to go uh, read more to find out. Like it didn't pique my interest enough to be like, sure. Maybe this is the secret password. If you like this book, great. Keep reading this stuff. If you don't like this book, then okay, it's not your thing. But the you know thing what is, I mean? if it does get better and it does actually make a lot more sense in terms of something cool, because again, like Todd said, there's some cool ideas presented here that just done in a bad yeah. way. Like obviously, like you know, we, we talked about books before that you know it took really a couple issues to get into, or mm-hmm. something happened where all of a sudden Dan were like, oh my god, this is like amazing, and. I was really hoping it would turn around and then in the last 30, 40 pages or the last issue, things would click and be like, oh, I get it now. This is why they did this back in issue one. Mm-hmm. It never happened. And to me, it's like, that's a lazy writer. That's someone who's, again, like just being weird for the sake of being weird in the sense that as much as I love Wes Anderson movies, every so often, uh, it's like, dude, you're just trying to be as Wes Anderson-y as possible. Stop. Tell me yeah. that story. You become a parody of yourself. They're quirky yeah, for the sake of being quirky. I don't know what other... Again, this is the only book I've, by Gerard Way I've done, so I don't know if it's like his first out, his first time doing a book, or this and that. Oh, no, he's, he's done it. <clears throat> no, he's, he's, he's done a lot of writing. I know he's done a lot, but I didn't know if this was like how mm-hmm. new or old this was. I don't... This is really new. This only came out like a, a it, couple months ago. Okay, this is the least. point where if I saw a book written by him, even if it was like one of my favorite characters ever, I wouldn't read it because he seems like he doesn't know how to tell a story. And it's it's self indulgent lazy. I don't like you, it. You should read Umbrella Academy, and you'll you'll your yeah. opinion will be completely different. I did like Umbrella Academy. Then fucking do it with this story I, too, because this could be an amazingly interesting deep story. And see, didn't it, do that for me. A much better execution of this sort of thing would probably be Grant Morrison's The Filth. Okay. So, and I really <laughs> like that one. So, but Grant Morrison's The Filth. I mean, it's got all these elements type here. It's not the same characters. It's different characters. But I think of a much better execution of this kind of avant-garde weird way would be The Filth by Grant Morrison. And I like that one a whole lot more than I did this one right here. Yeah, I mean, and it, I mean, it, it's almost seeming like kind of the general consensus from those of us who didn't enjoy it is that the concepts there could be potentially good, but the execution just wasn't correct from your yes. experience with it. I'm, I'm, it's yeah. kind of what I'm getting, which I think is a very valid thought on this. I, like I said, like there's just something about the experience of it that I enjoyed, and so I'm, I'm willing to give it like at least another trade. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't know. How brave of you. I, I, I could see. Oh, he's so well, brave. But I enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I think Adam needs a drink. So should we go into our cocktails? Behold, Mr. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title. And make with the fire water. Alcoholics transform. Yeah, so mine is, is called the uh, the negative zone or whatever the fuck it was called in the book. Okay. Uh, it's two ounces of vodka, half ounce of Midori, half ounce of Bacardi coconut, and three ounces of pineapple juice. Add a shaker, shake the shit out of it with ice, and then strain into an ice-filled glass and garnish with a pineapple slice. And then drink it really fast. You can have like three more in succession, so you can forget this book. Adam, I sort of got a cocktail je- dedicated to your experience with the. You were telling like, me that. <laughs> I want to be clear about what my intentions were with this. So you you had been very confused about this book. I found this cocktail 
um, randomly while searching for something else by a, uh, a bartender named Chad Austin, who uh, normally he's the head of uh, a tiki bar in Palm Springs, California. And part of what I loved about this this cocktail is what it was. It's like what its description was. The cocktail is called the Bruce Jenner. And Q would be so disappointed with us. I know he would be. But here's the thing. This well, is what I love about it. Does it change flavors midway through? <laughs> We're getting there. So it says, this cocktail will tell you that it's a Nagori, but it's confused. Eventually, we'll come to terms with the fact that it's not a Nagori and everyone will love it. Is basically what, is what the description of it, which I actually kind of like. So it is one ounce of Campari. Two dashes of Pangstora bitters, half ounce of agave syrup, uh, one ounce of Cabaza tequila, and seven, uh, sorry, uh, three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. Um, and then you garnish with a spray of mezcal, basically in a rocks glass with cubed ice. You put those ingredients into a shaker, shake the shit out of it, and pour it over, uh, pour it over rocks, and then spray some mezcal on top of it. But so it's more of just the eventually you'll come to terms and love it, which you I know, just thought was interesting. We, Salt Lake City was just so. voted the second most hipster city in the States. Uh-huh. I think that drink will go well here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it'd be very popular. Well, we have a new speakeasy too. We need to go to. Although it's oh, great. Right. as a speakeasy, so I'm not sure how much of a speakeasy it is. Mm-hmm. But they keep on advertising wow. it as a speakeasy. That's the, that's the thing I hate about that. It's like not as, and uh, oh, we have one here too. Like the thing is, uh, for me, there's a difference between speakeasy, like a real one, and like you know, like a underground type place. Yeah, and like the thing about it is, is like. So I've gotten to underground stuff and, and things like that. And like the thing about it is, is that I'm more interested in the culture and the cocktail creation, like the high end, like the big, I guess the way to describe it is like, it's like going to like a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. You know what I mean? Like I want to go to a bar where they are doing some of the finest mixing and creating of cocktails in the world. Sometimes you're in those places, and I'm not saying this is one of those places, but sometimes you're in those places, they're like, oh, the cocktail scene is popular right now. We'll advertise ourselves as a speakeasy because that's popular. And they're just making oh, standard of boring shit. You know what I mean? Sure. So that's just my only concern with every time they advertise it. There's one in uh, Anaheim Packing District that I it it's called the Blind Rabbit and it's in a mall and it's always ridiculously hard to get into and I'm just like I I don't give a shit like I just don't so it, I I don't go there. But anyway, sure. Uh, Todd, what is your cocktail? Um, in keeping with my theme, this is called the Cabana Fever cocktail. Nice, right? So um, hope you like Captain Morgan's. So what you do is you need a um, tall glass with ice, and you're going to go ahead and put in a one and a half ounces of Captain Morgan pineapple rum, three quarter ounces of lime juice, half ounce of simple syrup, and you um, stir and top it off with ginger beer, and then you garnish with a grapefruit wedge. So, yeah, it actually sounds quite tasty and good, and after I drink three or four of these, this book might become palpable. Okay, and uh, Maya, what's your drink? Uh, I found a drink called the What the Fuck, or the WTF. Uh-huh. It's, nice. Uh, two shots of Jaeger, cool. one and a half shots of vodka, and you fill the rest of your glass with your favorite sour pucker. Oh, that's Ew. awful. <laughs> Hence the What the Fuck. I didn't make it, I just found it. That's a very small glass I would use for that thing. Does anybody else have anything they want to discuss on this book, or do we want to move on? It's, you know, it... But once again, with Gerard Way, and even the um, some of his stuff's a hit, and some of it's a miss, and was he... Unlike his music, which actually is all pretty good. So, he was swinging for the fences, maybe? Yeah. And I, no, I, I think that's accurate. And I think he struck out on this one for me. So, but he's definitely putting it out there. Kudos for all that. But for me, it's just a miss. Adam, you have any other thoughts? Or do you want to move on to votes? No, just votes. I mean, I've already said my piece about this. It's, I, again, if you, if you did like this, I'm really glad you did. It's, it's kind of like people who like 
all the Star Wars prequels. I don't, but if you do, when you get joy mm-hmm. out of it, I'm very happy for you, and I'm not going to rain your parade because that's great for you. You're cool. wrong, but still. Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking bummed. God, please, no! 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 Well, so then we'll jump into votes. So the first vote for the writer, for Mr. Way. Um, what is your vote, Adam? D. Again, because, so, as much as we, we've talked about how the Wicked Divine is our benchmark for an A+, for me, mm-hmm. Bobo is my benchmark for the F. So, yeah. and it, again, like like we said before, there is there is an interesting idea here. Uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, like, actually, I went in, like, it looked kind of cool, I had a fun story, and I really was rooting for it. I was like, it just, it just let me down too much, so... No, it's nowhere near as bad as Bobo. Bo. It didn't make me want to go out and burn my iPad. Uh, but I would definitely not ever want to go back and visit it again. Unless someone, unless like one of you guys read the next trade and was like, no, it makes sense now. And then I would go back because I want it to make sense, but it just doesn't. So Cool. Uh, Maya, what's your grade? Uh, I'm kind of wavering between a B- minus and a C+. Plus. Um I've actually had my... I, I keep do all, write down all my, my grades and stuff on my notepad on my phone and as we've been talking I've been going back and forth yeah um like I said I enjoyed it it isn't the most coherent thing but I, I have read these characters before and mm-hmm. so I kind of already had or some of the characters and I already kind of had an affinity for some of them so like like negative man and uh, robot man and Niles Calder so I I had already kind of enjoyed some of those characters before but yeah i'm kind of just wavering between a, a b minus and a c plus uh, i'm gonna keep reading it it's one of the books that i get regularly each month i'm behind on the single issues but uh i definitely want to see where it goes uh hiccup aka todd do you have a uh, grade oh i'm gonna go with um adam here and it gets a d it's for the writing and whatnot and we're talking about the writing here. I don't know what he was going for, but he missed. And so it's a D, but it's not... I wouldn't even call it lazy writing, but I, I think it's just a mess. Oh, it, it wasn't you that was hiccuping. Mm-hmm. No, it's oh. Clark. That's right. Oh, okay. Well, never mind then. Sorry I called you hiccup. That's okay. Um, you still can. Yeah, and I'm going to sit with Maya at like a B minus, C plus. I'm probably going to go with a B minus. Um, and I mean that is telling about the book like I did like the book but it may not be as coherent and successful as it potentially could be um, in telling the same story so uh, but I am I still I I enjoyed the ride so um, for the art what is your vote Mr. Maya Uh, I'm gonna give the art uh, an A minus I really enjoyed the art as batshit crazy as the script was the artist seemed to follow along pretty well and and I think, man, it looks pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it looks super pretty, and I like. I don't. I don't think I'm familiar with Nick Darrington, but uh, mm-hmm. I definitely want to check out other stuff that he's done. Todd, what's your vote? I'm gonna give the art a B B plus as well. I mean, I think if we were reading the same story and it was drawn by like Ben Templesmith, we would have burned the house down. <laughs> <laughs> 
And oh, that's a valid point. I think it's getting as much of a pass as it is with how interesting the art was and some of the different things they were going about it. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, you take a look at this, they're reviving older characters, and there's elements about them you can definitely tell are from a bygone era in a lot of ways. But it was fun, it was inventive, and by far and away, the art is the very best thing about this book. And it was well done, so I'm going to give it a B-plus on the art. Adam, what's your grade? Well, actually, the, the art wasn't a problem for me. I, like, I actually like the art a lot, so I'm going to give it a B. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's the art's a million times better than the story. I just wish they kind of coexisted a lot better because I, I did want to like this. I'm really upset that I couldn't. So um, I'm going to go with the B plus on the art as well. It's it kind of. I think the interesting thing is is its ability to switch up styles and locations fairly seamlessly and make you kind of understand what's going on. Because I mean, really, ultimately, you are jumping back and forth between multiple different things, and you're, you're able to tell that it's something different than what you just saw, and there's something impressive about that ability, and I really enjoyed it. And so then, our month is team building exercises. So as a team building book, what is your grade, Maya? In the sense that it did bring the team together, I'm gonna, you know, say it's an A, because by the end of the book, all the all the pieces were in place. But as as them kind of realizing if they're a team or not, uh, like yeah, C dude. or D, like they, I don't think they realize they're a team yet. They're just kind of brought together and mm-hmm. haven't, you know, they haven't come out and said like we're the Doom Patrol. Or they they haven't figured out how all of them to work together to defeat a common exactly. foe all at the same time. Not kind of yeah, no, I get you. So yeah, in, in that sense, I'll give it like a C minus. Todd, what's your grade? You know, as it's, I mean, the whole thing is we're getting the band back together, as you later found out with the story that. They were all the Doom Patrol, then they lost their memories, and now they're going like, oh, we're really team members, hey, but we don't know how the pieces fit together, but it is the assembly of the team. So how well does this fit with the theme? I think it fits very well in that way. So yeah, I'll do that. Well, uh, Adam. Um, I'll give it a B minus. I mean, again, they are building the team. They kind of worked that all out, and especially, like I think, issue four on... It just, it didn't, they didn't coalesce as a full team. It wasn't like, you know, hey, now we are, you know, the Doom Patrol. Yay. It's like, uh, well, who's this fucker? So, yeah. Uh, again, just kind of more wasted opportunity, but not bad. I mean, it did, it did fit the theme. So, um, I'm going to go with actually a C. Yes, it gets the group together, but like, I, when Maya was giving his grade, I kind of feel like you never get them all combined together to, defeat a common energy they don't really ever work as a team there, there's lots of individuals doing things and sometimes small portions of the group work together but you never have the full group working together and so as far as team building goes i don't think it's quite there yet no um, captain planet moment yeah i mean not that i necessarily fully need that but like when we are focusing our month on team yeah. building i'm, I'm going to take that down not that it changes you know a general reading of the book but for our purposes for the month theme i would say it kind of is down some points for that uh, cool. So then we're going to go over final grades as to what their thoughts were. Um, I'm going to throw it in at like a, a B. I think it's fun for some people and not for everybody. And so, you know, I, I think if it's something you're into, it's great. And if it's not something you're going to be into, you're not going to like it. And that's fine. Um, Adam, what's your grade? Uh, D plus. I, I'll upgrade a bit from my other grade just because I did like the art so much. Uh, again, it just didn't go anywhere. It didn't explain anything. It just kind of rambled on and on. And again, like I, the moment I put it down, I texted like, "What the fuck did I just read?" Because yeah. it made no goddamn sense. And I don't know if he was trying to or not. And I, I'm still kind of confused by it. But again, I just I don't care. So, Todd, what is your grade? 
You know, I'm going to give it a C because that art was good. And looking at thinking about it, as you say it's a lucid dream. You're going through that. Could I make a more interesting book if we just replaced all the thought bubbles? Or put like, you know, a million monkeys in a room with a million typewriters? Right. And would they do a better job? I don't know if it'd be a better job. But, uh, yeah. Could you do like a Marvel style book and take out all the writing and rewrite plot and see what like I'd be how tempted, the images you know th- this would be a kind of book where i'd be tempted to give that a go and saying am i do i put my money where my mouth is there that'd be an interesting experiment but the um the art's really great and i think the art is what brings it up to that c the um story in the writing mist <laughs> is where i have it so but it's it's a c as a great thing i'll do that okay cool uh and Maya. I'm, what I'm also at a B uh, for the exact same reasons that you said. There yeah. isn't really much more I can say. And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Um, well then, I guess it's a great time to jump into recommendations. And since Maya just talked, I'm going to tell you I have a recommendation that's sort of themed around this book in a weird way, but it's also specifically for you. I don't necessarily know if you listen to a lot of hip-hop or not. However, the group Run the Jewels, mm-hmm. it's a little bit old, but they did a remix album of their second album, and they did it with the caveat that all the remixes had to have incorporated samples of cat sounds. And it's called Meow of the Jewels, <laughs> and I am obsessed with it. Uh, let me see if I can find a little bit of... Oh, here we go. Um, there's a good song. And they also changed the names of things. The name of the original song is called Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck. The Meow the Jewels version of it is called Close Your Eyes and Meow to Fluff. And this is what it sounds like. So anyway, they put cat sounds all over it and it's odd and it's weird and I love it and I thought with Maya and Jonesy I thought maybe you need an album you can share with your cat so that's my recommendation oh, and I just uh, I just added it to a playlist on my Apple Music so there you go well enjoy that uh, Maya do you have a recommendation yeah um, so it came out this week which when this episode comes out it'll have been out for a couple of weeks but if you get a chance Go to your local comic shop or uh, Comixology, but go out and buy Batman issue 36 uh, by Tom King and uh, I think it's Clayman is the uh, artist. Um, it's kind of a little one-shot issue. It takes place after, so it's kind of hit big news headlines, so I don't feel this is really a spoiler, but recently Batman just proposed to Catwoman. What? And this yeah. is, uh, and she said yes. And this is kind of after after it, because uh, he hasn't really talked to his closest thing to a best friend, Superman, about it. And the whole issue is Batman and Catwoman working de- together, and Catwoman saying, just go talk to him. You haven't talked to him. You haven't even... You haven't even... He knows you're engaged, but you haven't told him. Like, just go talk to him. Meanwhile, the flip side of the issue is Superman and Lois, and Lois is like, go talk to him. And they're just being stubborn and not talking to each other, and uh, it's a really good issue. It's, it really is. It's, uh, yeah, Todd just read it right before we started mm-hmm. recording, and it's probably... 
the best single of issue of Batman that I've read in a long time. Uh, Todd, do you have a recommendation? Yeah, if you want to read a good execution of this, The Filth, Grant Morrison <laughs> brought it up earlier. You should read that one. You put that on a list for a while now to try to get us to read that on the show. Yeah, I think we might have ruined it for a bit, though, with this guy. <laughs> Adam, do you have a recommendation? Um, honestly, no. I just, I've been too busy working, so... <laughs> Okay. We're just glad he's back. That's true. We are just happy to have you back from the dead um, and, you know, actually have a voice hey. to speak. Uh, cool. Well, so the next week we are reading Robert, not Robert. Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan. Why do I keep mixing up people's first pro- names? Because it's close to Robert Kirkman, maybe. That's probably what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Jonathan Hickman's run on Fantastic Four. Does it have a subtitle, Adam? Or not Adam Maya? Uh, no, it's just, it's... Uh, Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four Volume 1. Don't confuse it. There is a Jonathan Hickman's FF Volume 1, which was a companion series he did uh, a couple of trades into his Fantastic Four run. Um, okay. Well, that sounds confusing in Marvel-like. <laughs> well, there's that, too. Uh, okay, well, Maya, can you give us a little bit of a preview as to what we will experience with that? Oh, Something better than this it's book. It's been so long since I've read the book. I just remember... Uh, I will say that from at the time, the one thing I remember is this is the book, like, before I liked the Fantastic Four as characters. Um, this was the book that made me love Fantastic Four. Okay. All right. And this is what kind of got me into Jonathan Hickman. And, and see, I, I'm actually excited for this, too, because I've actually never read a Fantastic Four book, ever. I haven't and read it. Neither of I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did read the... Actually, the closest I got was, uh, was uh, Amazing Spider-Man 6-something, where uh, the Human Torch died. And that was the closest okay. I ever got to actually reading... Uh, Fantastic Four book because the mm. movies are so god awful. He doesn't get to die in his own book. He has to die in someone else's book. <laughs> no, it, it was, it was, it was uh, Peter Parker dealing with a fallout. Yeah. Uh, oh, ten four. Okay. They were like, that's like his best friend. Yeah. No. And like, and when we did the uh, death of Spider Man, they they were in that. They're friends in that version of that book as well. Mm. Well, then that'll be for next week as we continue on our books of team building and uh yeah we've run almost two hours on the so my question is, though, is, holy shit. Yeah. At, at the end of this at the end of this um month though are we gonna do like trust falls uh maybe maybe that's <laughs> we'll do trust falls into we'll, we'll into uh, black panther we'll the hundredth, yeah, yeah. There we'll we trust falls for the hundredth we'll, we'll take photo documentation of that <laughs> for me to get that <laughs> i'm wondering how fucking long this is actually going to be by the time i finally edit it because let's be honest, kids. So we got random as shit for a little while in the middle there. So oh yeah, cut nothing yeah. out. Just leave oh, it. Oh god, all. no. Fuck no. it. <laughs> but, but I want. I just want you to know, the listening public at home, if this episode is significantly shorter than an hour and forty-five minutes, I did a fuck ton of editing. I'm just gonna let you know that right now. <laughs> That's right. Because uh, also keep in mind, we have like a minute intro theme song and a bunch of little things inside of it that add to that time frame. So. If it's if it's shorter, I, I did a lot of work. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. 
And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.